I don't know how much value I have in this universe, but I do know that I made a few people happier than they would have been without me. As long as I know that, I'm as rich as I ever need to be. Back once again with another podcast. This is episode 59 of the It's Time to Refresh podcast. I believe it's 59, I could be wrong. Uh, maybe, maybe 60. Um, uh, on this one, we've got Taraya, uh, aka Vicky Scott. So, Hi. So we're doing a bit of a, a bit of a both of your story and then you can we can get into that yeah and you can tell me how it splits and and whatnot but um as i ask everybody as we kick off what did you have for tea last night what did i have a tea last night i can't even remember you know that's a proper on the spot question i genuinely can't remember what i have for tea i told I don't, you i don't think i did i don't think i did <laughs> had tea uh i had some all my mates came back from greece and yeah. uh they said oh we've been having like, whatever and it just stuck in my mind, and I had um, gyros last night with the wrap and oh. chips and chips. It was absolutely amazing. I just felt like it, and it was a hot day, and it thought, why not? Yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I don't think I did. I've, I don't think I actually had any tea last night, which is a first, because everyone, <laughs> anyone who knows me knows I'm a proper foodie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's good when we get into the questions, then. I'll be all right. Because, <laughs> yeah. honestly, this podcast was meant to be a music podcast, and... I think about 30% of it's just about food. So yeah. it's like, it's like, <laughs> Most of my radio shows are, to be fair. Yeah. I always have a debate about food on, yeah. on my show quite often. <laughs> um, so just want to ask what you've been up to sort of lately then. What, what's, what's, what's been occurring? Um, so lately, um, obviously, I've, I've had like loads of gigs. I mean, January to, let's say, beginning of March is usually quite dry. But then I think that's just like a standard yeah. for quite a few DJs if you're not like up the top yet um but yeah like you know march kicked off like just you know still doing some private parties sometimes but like you know heavily like involved within demand obviously with the weekly radio show on a saturday night um and like we've been doing i've been added to like the punch tommy's lineups now which is a really good like um really good night like they're always they always sell out they're always chocker um, dead good atmosphere um just bouncing like from start to finish yeah um yeah just yeah i mean i've I've got like stuff that's like vicky scott's side of things um oh played in o beach as well um literally a few weeks ago uh, for sin sundays yeah. um, i've seen that on your instagram stories actually yeah yeah that's when we so, first started talking about coming on here wasn't it, i think yeah we just went yeah, it was bad timing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was. Yeah, it looked um, fun though. Did, earlier like, in the year, really probably would have been better. Like I'm, I'm absolutely chocking now, but I'm, I'm glad for it to be fair. Yeah, but um, so yeah, you seem to like you always seem to be like I see you on your socials. You've always, you've always got something on, which is yeah, it's good to see that. Like I'm not going to say this, that you're up and coming, but like, like you you're grafting to get up there if yeah. that makes sense do you know what I mean yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're pro and I can I can respect the hustle if that makes sense yeah you know I mean? yeah and I think you it's only a matter of time before it actually starts happening because yeah um you seem to be willing to put in the work and, and that's do you, do you know where I'm coming from yeah um so what I do with everybody on here is I just want to go right back to day one with you so yeah so who is Vicky? What's the what's the what's the story? So day one, um, I used to be out in town every weekend. Um, used to go to like Garlands. Um, used to go to Mansion. There was like these boat parties called Sunshine Sundays. Right. Um, just met like loads of like the local Liverpool DJs and stuff. And then obviously when the 
time came for me to start going to festivals. Creamfields was my favourite festival. Yeah. Um, it's on your doorstep as well, isn't it? Literally, yeah, more more or less. I mean, not as close as it used to be, because yeah. I, I believe it used to be like Speakways, like yeah. actually in Liverpool, but obviously now it's in Daysbury. Um, but like, you know, that was my first ever festival I went to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see Swedish House Mafia for the first time. What year was this? Uh, this was 2010. Right. Um, and like, I just... I just like fell in love with Swedish House Mafia. I was obsessed with them. I loved all that like music. Your first experience of like electronic music as such. Then yeah, yeah. yeah what about much. like growing up then in school and stuff? Was there no? Was what was your influence in like mu- was music? Oh, I, I I I wanted to be a I wanted to be a solicitor when uh, I was right. kids. Yeah. Um, I loved football as well. I've always loved football. Yeah. I'm glad you've got less boring. <laughs> Liverpool FC all the way. Yeah, sure. um, I've always loved football. I had every football kit. Um, I was like really into gaming. Still am into gaming. Yeah. Um, PlayStation. <laughs> just putting that out there. Um, yeah, like as a kid, just like as active, always playing out. Or like if I weren't playing out, I'd be like on like the games and stuff. Um, into the football. Yeah. Um, when you said about football kits, you're saying you had them all. What's what's your, what's been your favourite? Um, there was one years ago, and um, it wasn't it wasn't um, the home kit. It was I think it was one of the away kits, right. and I just remembered it because I used to wear. I think I wore that one most frequently, yeah. um, and it was white and it had like navy shorts. Right. Um, and it had the. I think it was when we were sponsored by Carlsberg. Right. And it had a badge like right in the middle here. It was either Carlsberg oh, or the Boch. Uh, but it was yeah. just a dead nice. It was just a dead nice kiss. I've got loads of pictures in it. But um, <laughs> I could, I'd probably say that was a favourite for the amount of pictures I've got in that. But yeah. um, I've loved all the kits. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I must admit though, I do like have a Nike again yeah. now. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm like, I, I can't say anything. I spot Everton and they've never had really a good shirt in like 20 years. So no, like it's one of the not the, the Chang ones, maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Ch- no. I, I, I had them. I always remember, this is this is actually a good one, this. I always remember in school, uh, I was uh, eight or nine and I got absolutely rinsed in school because I, I, I never, obviously you're only eight or nine years old and yeah. you, don't, you don't get the, the, the realisation until obviously it happens, but... Went and got um, the new Everton shirt. It was, I think, it was a Chang one as well, and it was like two. Um, and <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna get a football player on the back, right? And of like all football players, I got, I got Marcus Bent, right? So it's like oh, Bent on no. the back, and That's everyone like was like, yeah. social suicide, isn't <laughs> it, was, it? Really? And I wore it once, and I've never worn. I never yeah, wore it since. I, I just walked around with Bent on the back of my t-shirt, yeah. like. No and I remember in school, it was like like a PE lesson or whatever, and I come out and I was dead happy. I got my new Everton shirt on. It just came out like. <laughs> A few days before, and we started playing. They're all oh. just fucking shouting. I was like, "Oh no!" Oh so, no! See, I, 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 um, my my favorite players back then were obviously Stevie J, yeah, um, and Michael Owen. Yeah. Um, me auntie used to work for Liverpool. She used to massage the players. Lucky here. Yeah. Um, and I used to get like Bertie cards and signed football. So like it was back in the day when like Emil Heskey was there, <laughs> um, Jamie Carragher. Um, yeah. So all these have like signed the ball. Um, Sammy Hippie, yeah. Um, Jabby Alonso loads. Um, but yeah, Gerard and Erwin like were 
always yeah, my yeah, favourite players. So they were the ones that were always on the back of my shirts or like my last name, Scott, yeah, yeah. or Victoria. And yeah. that, that was it, yeah. Honestly, like, I, I don't think I ever lived that down. Like, even now, I've, I bump into old friends I went to like, primary school with. <laughs> ben <laughs> Ben Seven, yeah. Oh, fuck no. It's like, oh, no. But yeah. Um, so, you, yeah, so you had your interest in football and that, and then you were saying you want to be a solicitor and stuff where, yeah. where did like music first come into it like where, what age was you you're like oh. um i thought see i've always loved music anyway um but like it was quite heavily heavily influenced by my mum because my mum used to have all like the 90s old school music on yeah. in the car she couldn't tell you the names of the artists or the names of the songs or anything but she always had like these albums on because like that's what she kind of grew up on, like, so grew up on used to like go out to and stuff. Yeah. Um You remember what albums there were? Oh I think it was it it was it was literally a nineties floor fillers album. Right. Um and it had like um, Bobby Brown so you can play that game and stuff like that on. Oh, yeah, um yeah. can't remember the the name of the album now though it looks a bit like it looks a bit like a, it's not a flower, but it's got it's it's like white and blue and it's got like a like a kind of pattern it's like a little cloud in the middle of something and it's just got floor fillers 90s oh, I um, it'd probably be dead obvious as well <laughs> if i think it's a dead popular popular oh, right. album but it was a cd anyway because obviously and then you thought i'm into this sort of thing i think yeah i just I, i've got good memories because like it just it reminds me of like my mum and my sister and growing up like we had a really good childhood mm. um so yeah like happy memories from all that music and like it's just got me into like wanting to to play that um and then the earliest the earliest stage of like kind of like swedish house mafia and stuff was um slowly getting into that like throughout school but the the biggest point was when i was definitely definitely when i was like 16 17 um so i haven't always wanted to be a dj Mm -hmm. it just struck at that time when I went to Creamfields and I just looked at them and was like, I want to do that. And I was like, So what, like what was it that, that caught you, right? Is it, do you want to make the music or did you want to be like the person up there DJing? Both. I was, I was like, oh, one, that's unreal. I'd love to be up there like making all these people dance. And yeah. two, I was thinking, oh my God, imagine playing your own tunes. And getting a reaction. And getting that kind of reaction like that. Like, <laughs> I'm dead like... I'm really like emotional and dead sensitive person. <laughs> um, a lot of people know that. Um, but yeah, like just I'm very like a lot of like the tracks that like I produce and stuff as well, and like even sets to play, like it'll be songs that kind of like, uh, like personal to me. Not not always. Like it it depends on like where I'm playing and yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. doing. Um, obviously I can't play like loads of like emotional tunes and like ones that personal to me because you've got to like as a DJ you've got to like cater to everyone in your crowd. Mm. Um, but like a lot of the producing side of things is very like emotion driven. So like I'll sometimes if I'm making a, if if I just wake up and like want to make a track, it can be quite dependent on the mood. So if I'm really really happy, the song will be dead upbeat and like you know like quite housey. Yeah. When as if I'm in a bit like I'm in a bit of a mood or someone's like piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be dead like raw and like emotional that way yeah. um but yeah like it does it just it just depends really. yeah you're still putting like you're still evoking your emotion into the track even if you are angry yeah it's dirty and gritty sort of thing, but yeah. i kind of went off a tangent there but basically like that that was that was it for me so like i thought i'd love to play my tunes and 
like people kind of relate to my music and what I'm feeling through my music. So yeah. it was the want and the need to to do that really. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so when you're doing this, what what's like? Where where did you see yourself? Like, did you like? I need to get an entry point into this. I need to like like. Did you? I need to get a set of decks. And what 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 was the, the so, next steps? <laughs> there was this little um. There was this little controller. It was called um, Ion. Do you remember Ion? No. Anyway, it was <laughs> it was like it was about that big, and um, it had two like jog wheels on it, and I think it had like just literally two, um, two mixes in the middle, two faders in the middle, um, and it was just like you had to just plug it in to your laptop and just like mixing it, and it was using Virtual DJ. Right. So I'd just like have a go on that in the kitchen, um, like put like little speakers to the sides and just have a go in the kitchen. And then I just throughout time just got like different controllers. So like they went a bit smaller, then they got bigger and yeah, um, got into like, um, I had like a tractor one um, and then I got like a big pioneer one. It was, it was huge. Like it was like from there to like the end of my elbow. It was massive. Mm -hmm. This like D, 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 T or so I don't know, I can't remember the name of it, but it was it was the D D J one hundred Yeah, there. something like that. Yeah, I something like that. that yeah, like the T one. So you could have tractor or there was the S one and you could have Serato. Oh right. Okay, um yeah, yeah. so I had the T one. I was always like really tractor. I hated mm. Serato, sorry Serato. But mm. um I was always for tractor. Um but yeah, like just just teaching myself more and more how to DJ. Um <coughs> but this was before I'd ever touched a set of CDJs. Mm. So when I got onto CDJs, totally different ball game. Um, yeah. It's quite, don't get me wrong, it's quite simple. And obviously there's like, you know, there's DJs out there that will just like use the sync button. And don't get me wrong, like I do think you, you need to learn how to like beat match and stuff and properly DJ, not just come into it and just use the sync button. Mm. But on the flip side... Some DJs can use that and be like really creative, um, or they have a good knowledge of the music. Yeah. So I think it's swings and roundabouts really when it comes to that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I then got onto the CDJs. I was like, oh my god! Oh, it was like it was like a car crash. Just couldn't mix, couldn't mix on the CDJs. I get like that. Um... Every time Piney, you bring a new CDG out. <laughs> I do. Even on regards of how Robin DJ, and like for instance, I turned up to a gig the other day, and it was a uh, three thousands, I think. Yeah. The, the the things, and I plugged my USB in, and it was like no music, and I was like, Oh, oh what's going yeah. On here? So luckily, I carry about like ten USBs in my, yeah. in my bag, so I just pulled another one out, and I was like, Well, looks like they're gonna have to listen to classics because I want to go classics <laughs> on this one. So I plugged yeah. it in, and I'm, go I'm gonna um, I'm gonna throw a minute here, but we um, there was a an event last year um, yeah. that we were on um, Scousma. Um, she had a big nice house. Oh event. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Chris Henley from Ultrabeat was on it. Mm. And um, it was like when the three thousands as more or less first came out, mm. and uh, he was going on to do his set, and like I was stood next to him, and we were both like both kind of just like looking at the decks, and and he was like, uh, "Do you know how to use these?" And I was like, "No, uh, mm. do you?" And we were like, oh, "What do we do?" And we were kind of like looking at the decks like that, thinking, "What's going on here? How we do this?" Because it was all like touch screen and everything, and we were just like, "How do how do you get to like your tunes?" <laughs> Well, on the USB as well, but we fi obviously we figured it out in the end. But we were both like, eh. 
<laughs> well, when I used them, I didn't use. Um, I don't use record box even now. I, I don't just, you? No, I just. Oh. Uh, I, I tried to. Uh, fam- famously, the podcast listeners will hate me for this, like talking about it. But yeah. famously, I loaded it, loaded it up uh, record box one day, and I thought, oh, I may as well get with the times because everyone else is doing it. Yeah. And, and whatnot and I, went, I threw like a folder of music in there and it said like three days to export and I was like <laughs> I've never had that before but I think that's because as soon as Record Box came out I've religiously yeah. put all my tunes through Record that's Box that's it yeah like if I'd done that from day one it wouldn't have been half pro- and now I've just got the point I can't be bothered and I'm yeah. just like I'm not it is time consuming time. I think sometimes people don't realise how like mm. you know how much actually goes on behind the scenes for DJs and producers because like it looks probably to like an audience that like you know we just turn up and we just press play and it's like you yeah, know throw yeah. a few shapes and that but it's really not like organizing all your playlists and you know um, making your tunes and things so can like yeah. sometimes sometimes I can I can wake up and just think oh I've got an idea and make a tune and I'll and I'll make it in like two hours it won't be like the full like the it's, full thing the best but like tunes as well. the ideas <laughs> there and yeah. then obviously like you know it needs to be like mixed and mastered and stuff mm. and then you know get maybe get some feedback and stuff but I can make a full idea in like two hours and then other times I can just like think oh I'm gonna make a tune today so I got home from work and then just open the MacBook and just be like. Trying to make a tune and it just won't happen. It'll yeah. take me hours to and do something. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, slam, yeah. The, slam the MacBooks. I'm ready to do it another day. Yeah, uh, you're saying about the three thousands as well. I, I when I first went on them, this was like last year, um, and I, I didn't even know they were touchscreen. So I've just been like yeah. trying to figure it out using the the thing. <laughs> going across, I'm like, how comes I can't click onto memory sticky? It's not working. Yeah, that's what that's what I was like, and I was just like, oh my god, this is so weird. And then I was like, that touching the screen. <laughs> and the promoter came over and he's gone are you alright I was like yeah 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 I was, he says it seems to be you seem to be fiddling a bit there yeah. I was like yeah I'm just scrolling for my music he goes I'll just do that and then just started scrolling down I was like oh well there you go where's the instruction manual for these please yeah, I feel so no old, one's done a walkthrough for me <laughs> it was the same when, when like when whenever there's new equipment out it's always like I'm brand new again and it's yeah. like I finally just got used to 2000s and they came out 10 years ago <laughs> so yeah it's like, I know I, I, I have had like a couple of gigs recently and I've still requested 2000s mm-hmm. um not that i don't want to use the 3000s but i've just not had the opportunity to like get on them and proper properly like have a go and like figure them all out um like when i was like you know just starting out djing i think i could take any piece of equipment and just automatically know how to use it but i think it was just more because well obviously one i was a bit younger i had a bit more time then because like i weren't I weren't in a full-time job. I weren't in a proper full-time job yeah. until I was, like, 23 because I was just, like... I was so into my music between, uh, like, 17 and 23. I was just, like, trying and trying and trying to dabble in, like, learning how to DJ and things and dabbled a little bit in music production but not as heavily as I do now. Um, yeah, and I just, like... I, I need, like, proper time now to put into, like... Just have a look at it and scope it all out. It's frustrating being an adult, isn't it? It is. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's a it's a hard life. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Like, it's when you sit down, you get an idea, and you realise you've still got like seven hours of work. To yeah, go. Like, yeah, Fuck. that's me. And I get to get to like eleven o'clock in work, and I'm like, oh, so I'm gonna wait all this time, and then by the time I get home, sometimes it's just like, oh, I, just can't I don't think that's... people can like relate to this who are, are not into the, this music because yeah. it's like it's like you don't realise how much like writing music and and even like to a level with, with D, if, if you're just a DJ as well when you're sitting there thinking about mixing tune into tune it's like yeah. 
you don't realize that you think you think about eighty percent of your day. It's like eighty percent of your it day is. you're thinking about what can I yeah. what, how can I do this how can I do that and then it's like people like are you are you alright and it's like just a bit zoned out you're just yeah. thinking about what to do that's it like my my whole day pans around what I've got going on yeah Lisa for gigging yeah um, and I will literally plan my whole day out to, to, to like give myself time or make sure like I've done my set and figured my set out and things yeah but it's not always like that because life can just like get in the way so sometimes I have turned up to sets completely unprepared and just winged it but but that's because i've been fortunate enough obviously to have a back catalogue of loads of music from different sets and stuff that i've done over the years so yeah. i've got quite a broad range of music on my usb really um but it is it, it, it is it's, it's that time consuming it, it, you've got to put a lot of time and, and, and effort into it absolutely to get something out of it so you've got your first set of decks and that when was your first gig like what, what, what was uh, who you meet? Who was the first person you met in the industry as well? That's that's another thing. Like ah, oh, um, do you know what? I'd, I couldn't even say because there was like a few like at once. Um, so like me mom, um, she's a teacher, and um, she had a connection with Les Calvert, right? Um, through his daughter Molly. Mm. Um and so it was pro pretty much Les to be honest I'd probably say maybe Les was the first um that I can think of yeah um obviously I'd known of like you know Lee Butler um yeah. I knew of like um Ian Longo yeah. um Anton Powers Dave Whelan Denny Dowd um because they were all on like Juice FM and stuff yeah um and I used to listen to Juice like all the time like that was my <laughs> that was my soundtrack to getting ready to go out soundtrack town. of Liverpool people growing yeah, up yeah yeah, yeah yeah um so I knew of all them but it was probably like Les because um obviously my mum and um teacher Molly um so Les used to give my mum loads of CDs um, like head candy CDs right. and stuff like that because um, you just used to get loads of them so like you know we, we obviously had the music there yeah. um, so probably say Les and then Les um, had given me a gig um, like I'd been DJing a little bit before and I'd had a little bit of a go on the decks in like mansion and stuff mm. before that but no proper gigs where like I'd been booked um, there was one in like an in an underground, but I, ca I can't remember the name of it now. Um, but like <laughs> there wasn't anyone there. Yeah. Um, We've all had them gigs yeah, before. yeah, there wasn't anyone there. It was just like a lineup with like a ton of DJs on it. Um, obviously, like you know, we weren't paid or anything, but like it was just like a, a, a first opportunity kind of thing. Um, yeah, more DJs than actual. Yeah, hunters. I just I can't remember the name of it though. Yeah. But like, I just remember it being in this underground venue in town. Can't even remember where that venue was either. Yeah. My memory's just like gone. It's just like ten years I've just mm. passed, and I've just been like, wow, what what's happened? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just in the, this underground mm. venue. But um, the proper like town gig when I got into like you know the the, the town kind of yeah. crew. Um, was in a club called Matinee Idol and it's now um, I think it's now Heaven to be honest it's yeah. on the corner of like it's at like the top of Matthew Street um, but on like Victoria Street um, as well um, and it was called Matinee Idol at the time and it was on a bank holiday weekend in May 2013 yeah. and Les had put me on <laughs> and um, there was a set of um, 
there was a set of CDJs there, and I was just looking at them, thinking, "Oh my god, uh, I don't know how to use these properly yet." Because I've been of, using my controllers. Yeah, what sort of style were you playing at the time? Then, what was the tune? Um, were you thinking, like, it was EDM. It was right. all EDM stuff. So, like your Swedish House Mafia, uh, Nicky Romero, yeah. Afro Jack, um, David Guetta. Yeah. Um, just like really like heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah. Um. And um, he, well, to be fair, even Calvin Harris, because all of his like EDM tunes, like then, yeah. um, that one had been far off like eighteen months as well, wouldn't it? That, like that album that he did, that was like two thousand and twelve, I think. Yeah. So it's like that. I know the sound you're on about. EDM yeah, the EDM sound, that, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, really commercial sort of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Every, everyone like knows that sound, that yeah. hearing the music. Like um, I do, I do have the opinion of Swedish House Mafia kind of changing that. I think Swedish House Mafia were like a huge. They made it more musical, didn't they? Like if you listen to like like for instance like. Uh, they did, don't you worry, child. That was obviously yeah. there, was, there was a lot of like instruments rather than just the big heavy kick drum and like. That's it. They weren't like really like a lot of them weren't like vocally driven. Mm. Um, they were just I don't know, they were just like boss tunes. Like yeah. one, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. even Miami to I for like obviously didn't originally have Tiny Temper on. Yeah. There was just an instrumental, and then they came out with that, and then obviously one came out with um, Pharrell Williams on. Um, yeah. So, but I loved like the instrumental sides of them and EDM like that. Um, but yeah, anyway, I had my first kick in this Matt and I Idol and um, I was trying to mix on these CDJs and I just couldn't do it. I think it was just awful. It sounded like an absolute <laughs> car crash. Um, yeah. And I remember um, one of the DJs at the time, Lee Morrison, walked in and I was like, oh, fuck. And it was just like, uh, it was just, it just sounded awful. Yeah. It just weren't beat matching at all. Yeah. And I just remember Lee Morrison's face, like, like that look, you know, like yeah. that that look when a DJ knows that like something's going wrong. And yeah. I was just, oh, uh, I just like, I just wanted to die inside. <laughs> um, just have the world conceived. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I had a, I had a very, I had a very weird way of DJing when I first started. Because I kind of used to just like filter in and out of tracks. Mm. So like, if like a build would be coming up. In, in a track I'd just drop it and the next I'd, I'd bring the next one in I wasn't really at like the Maybe mixing yeah, stage yeah, yeah, yeah. so I was trying to mix and it was probably the, the worst time to have a go at, at trying to mix but yeah. um yeah and then from there um just started to like meet more DJs um you know get my name out like I met um Billy Clements um and like Chris Wright and they put me on like Sin Nights mm. Um, I met um Mike Descarl and Dave Whelan because I used to go into um into Mansion every weekend. Yeah. Um, but I actually met Dave Whelan first because um this was on one of these Sunshine Sundays boot parties. Nice. Um, so even prior to meeting um them, um and like knew like the DJs like um Andy Mach um. Who else was there in there? Uh, Mick Willow was in there. Um, John Ross. Um, so it was with all them on like this boot party. Um, and then like used to go to like Kingdom and stuff as well. But when I met Dave Whelan on that that party, he was like, "Oh, I've got a club," and like you know, everyone knows Mansion now. Mm. He's like, "I've just we've just opened this club. Um, you should come round." So I was like, "Oh yeah." Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll come round. Um, went round, and then obviously that was my just that was my place mm. for the next few years in Mansion. Every weekend, then met like Mike Descala, um, 
I'd met like um, Ian Longo in um, in Passion once, mm. um, but obviously like know them all like really well now, and like you know seeing their journeys and stuff as well. Mm. Um, just just like networking and like putting mixes out, promoting myself, and getting on like more and more events as yeah. as time went by. Really, was there any notable, notable events on the on this ascension up sort of thing? Was there anything where you were like, ah, oh, this feels like I've leveled up here sort of thing? Was yeah, it? so reminisce, I'd say. So I had a um, I had a residency. I ended up I ended up I had a few residencies to be fair over time. So like. Um, there was um, Carl Williams as well. Um, he used to be a resident in um, in Mojito, called, called Mojito on Victoria Street, mm. and he was teaching me like a little bit, like on the decks and stuff, how to beat match and things. Um, and then from there, I just kind of like moved on, and there was a um, a club called um, Secret then, and I had a residency in there with two lads like who went under an alias called Brother Beats, um, Tony and Peter Abbott. Yeah. Um, and they invited me to be part of like that night with them in the upstairs bit. Yeah. And then Lee Morrison was resident downstairs with a DJ called Danny Gale. Um, and then just kind of like built up my time in there. And I think, again, got a bit more known from being in there every weekend. Yeah. Um, and then one night, um, Lee Butler was DJing in there. And I really wanted to be on Reminis. Um, Reminis, I think, started in 2014. Yeah, I think um, it was. And Lee was DJing in secret one night. So I thought, I'm going to go and pop in and go and say hello to him. Um, so I did. I went in and, and, and said, I, uh, um, and I was just like, you know, I've done this and done that. I really love me DJing. Mm. All large artists are, as you do. Um, and then I put this mix together, this old school mix. Um, and this mix is like the mix now like everyone still tells me about it like yeah. how good it was and I, I can honestly hands down say it's probably the best mix i've ever done because <laughs> i put like my heart and soul into it because i was like right sleep but gotta listen to this i need to i need to do this yeah. um so i did this mix and i sent it to him and he, I, like he loved it he, he like thought it was boss and then he gave me a set on reminisce oh, that's all right, yeah. and then i've been on reminisce every year since 2015 that's um good. but i just i couldn't believe it i was like oh my god i'm gonna be playing on reminisce because like my mum and my auntie like more so my auntie like used to go like the 051 and the state and stuff so they knew exactly who Lee Butler yeah. was so this was like crazy because I didn't because like I weren't of an age where like I yeah, I yeah, like, yeah. would have been able to go like the state and and the 051 and things like that so um giving me that opportunity um, was that point where I feel like oh yeah absolutely. I've leveled up here getting on reminisce absolutely yeah that's it's it's a good good gig to be on as well yeah. I've just seen the lineup come out yesterday didn't it and you're on you're on again aren't you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the full the full flight last night yeah seven o'clock last night yeah. um so I am on again um, yeah. in the Love House Arena this year um so I've been I've been between so I think I did um the VIP um in two thousand and fifteen and two thousand and then I, th I moved to the Love House Arena, and then um, I've been on the Love House Arena ever since, since in the Garlands outdoor yeah. stage as well. That's good. That yeah. is really good. So, with regards to that, then you feel like you you've sort of getting somewhere with 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 this. Do you feel that, that you went down like that the old school route for a little bit and? Yeah, I mean, I definitely went. I went like down the old school route for a while. Um, I still do, to be honest. Like I've still got, I've got mm. some of it in my set for like you know under um, Toria things. So, 
it's it's just a popular genre that everyone knows. Yeah. Um, it's a safe it, bet as well, isn't it? Like, it goes yeah. off. Like, yeah, it yeah. does. It goes off. Um, it's nostalgic, isn't it? Um, and, but yeah, like, you know, that was obviously before, like, the Tony and Alias came about and, um, you know, this was, like, fully-fledged Vicky Scott. Hmm. Um, so, like, this was, like, me kind of moving. Because, like, there was, like, an era, wasn't there, for EDM, and you kind of, like, everyone kind of, like, moved away from it, and then old school come back round again. Yeah. And obviously, because I'd got, it like, in with, like, Lee Butler and Steve Cocky and that, um, you know, old school was the thing for me then, so I was playing a lot of that in my sets, yeah. um, wherever I was, like, in Liverpool. Um, so where did the split come then? So because obviously we're approaching this now, as you've as you've been doing the reminisce festivals and then the local stuff as well, you've obviously come up with your new alias, and you've consciously made the decision of you're gonna like it's gonna be a different style, that isn't it then? Yeah. Gonna... So um, so obviously like I'd 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 done a bit of reminisce, um, and then in two thousand and sixteen. I got the opportunity to DJ in um, Cafe Mambo in Ibiza and Amnesia and did one of the Pucker Up Boat parties as well. And it was from that point I was like, oh, something needs to change here. Like, I need to do something else mm. and try and push forward because this is what I really, really want. Like, that just, like, kind of fueled the fire to, yeah. like, me want it get more and I was like I, I want to do this full time I've always wanted to be a full time DJ full time producer yeah. um, so from DJ in there that was where I started to get a bit more into production but it was still on like the Vicky Scott side of things so it was like the Korg M1 so like I, I don't know whether you hmm. know like the, what the Korg M1 yeah, sound yeah, yeah, is yeah. but it's a very popular distinctive or, yeah like an organ and like piano kind of sounds Um and I started making tunes with that like that kind of sounding um, and putting them out. But like they weren't, they weren't very good at the time, to be honest. Mm. But like that was me kind of taking that approach to dabble in it and try and you push can, forward. Yeah, you can test it. Yeah, you can test it using that host. name. Yeah. It really? And then when you when you when you realise that you might have nailed the tune, right, it's like, this is good. Yeah. And you can throw it out and do. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, what is it? Your Tori? Yeah, I yeah. that right? Oh, it's, yeah. you know what? I say different things because sometimes I say Tori, sometimes I say yeah. Taraya, but yeah. I just think. Right, yeah. So, know. so the, with the Taraya thing, you, you're putting out like your your best work. So yeah. To, like and like, if you if you can't if it's constant bangers with that name, it's only going to sort of build yeah. on it. Whereas if you feel like oh, this like isn't that good but it's still thing you could do it's like a vicky scott yeah that's it so like i had so under vicky scott like i put some i put i sent some out to like so there was like some youtube channels and stuff and they're there still on youtube now and when i listen to them like oh my god why are they there but like (laughs) it's just i'm sure there's probably loads of djs and loads of producers that have got like some of them tracks and they're just like why (laughs) Um, but they're there they're out there they weren't the worst but you can tell they were like my first productions um and that, like, that wasn't the decision to kind of separate myself. It was just, like, Vicky Scott was, like, just so Liverpool. And, like, I feel like I'd kind of got to a point of where, like, I couldn't I couldn't reach any further mm-hmm. with Vicky Scott. And I felt like I needed to change and have, like, an alias to kind of rebrand a little bit and reach a bigger audience again and different promoters and... yeah. 
Um, Makes sense as well. Just branch out. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was probably between like conversations at the time, people saying, you know, just have two. And to be honest, it's kind of worked out for the better because I've been able to, I still have loads going on under Vicky Scott. Mm. And then things are really kicking off like with Taraya now. So I have, I've got the best of both worlds, which is great. You know, I can still be on Reminisce. I'm still on In Demand. I'm still on, you know, like local events. Still got to go over and do um, Sin Sundays in Ocean Beach. Mm. Um, I can still be a part of all that instead of like completely cutting off and trying to rebrand and build again. Yeah, I'm still, yeah. I'm still kind of, let's say maybe like in, the public high staying relevant still with yeah. Vicky Scott stuff um, and it allows me to even like get content and stuff together for to buy stuff and put out there on like my socials yeah. um, but the music has got much more serious under Taraya, like yeah. Vicky Scott's music was just like a dabble, a little bit of fun. Um, had some support on Radio One. I did like a little remix of um, "Be Good to Me," um, you know, Beats International. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then. I had um, a set. Um, I got I got booked for Creamfields for the first time, and when I was playing my set in Creamfields, that um, remix I did of Beats International got played on Radio One by Charlie Hedges. Oh, that's good. So it feels it even more. Then I was like, oh, I want to do this, but I thought I've only really made this kind of house music, and it was like it was a organ one, yeah. organ bass or a piano, and I was like. I feel like there's not much more I can do. So, and I really wanted to go into like tech house and stuff, but I thought it's so different to yeah, what yeah, I was trying yeah. to make. You have to like. I kind of yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make something else, and I really, really, really wanted to get a release on to Room Records. I love Mark Knight. Um, was really heavily it's influenced very by Mark Knight. Style, isn't it? Yeah, 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 and I thought I need to separate the two. Here, yeah, and then. Obviously, I separated the two. Um, started going down to Two Room Records. They had a platform called mm. We Are Listening. It was for women and music. Mm. Um, because they didn't get loads of demos from women. Um, oh, I remember this they, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah they couldn't understand why. They were just like, maybe like just they, they are out there or they are out there and they're like they're afraid because it's so like heavily male dominated. Yeah. Let's um, just say you're the first woman on this podcast. Do you know that as well? Hey. Uh, <laughs> Sixty episodes. Well, well, I think we've done seventeen, including Patreon. Yeah, and, and yeah, first one. It's not that there there isn't any. It's like, it's the fact of like the the. the how can I say? I don't want to get myself in trouble. But, <laughs> uh, but say you, no, say you. No, no, essentially, it's like there's 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 a lot of people out there who the the what the want it, but they're maybe afraid to like approach a promoter and uh, yeah, or, or they or they don't want to come on in the public eye and they'll be like just because they're a woman they've got they've got this or something like that. Yeah, but it's like, yeah. If you're good. It can be yeah, like that it, it, sometimes, though. Like I've had a lot of times where, like, <laughs> I've been in, like, I've been coming into like the DJ box or something, and like DJs have just kind of looked at me and been like, "Fellas, like, obviously, I've been like, what are you doing here?" And I've been exactly, like, yeah, yeah. "I'm DJing." Yeah. No, no, you're not. I'm like, no, I really am. It's my little, <laughs> it's my little DJ bag. Um, they were like, "No, you're not," and I was like, "No, I really am." And they'd be like a bit like thingy about me and being yeah. in the DJ box, and I'd be like, "No, I'm genuinely, it's DJ." Or the the funniest one. I mean, I I, I I mean, it's quite fascinating, I suppose. But I think this was a bit bit more like when I was like, I used to get like really dressed up and have all my hair and my makeup done every weekend when I used to go out and DJ in the yeah. earlier days of Vicky Scott. So like, there'd be a lot of situations where. 
if there were girls there with the partners that were DJing or whatever, they'd think that I was trying to hang around the fella. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm just here to DJ. And yeah. then it's like, they'd like be a little bit funny with you, but then once they realised that you were yeah. there actually to DJ, they'd be like, are you DJ? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I told you. Interesting. <laughs> right, we'll be back for part two in two minutes. So back for part two of the podcast. Um, we were just getting into the story of sort of you... Your, your journey in sort of house music more than the, the local Liverpool scene so yeah. I, I want to dig more into that if that's okay yeah that's fine so um, when you were producing and stuff how many demos did you send off before like one of the tracks got signed because obviously you were saying off pod that you've got a good couple of releases on decent labels and stuff yeah so um, Two Room um, so it was kind of because they had that we are listening platform I went down to them a couple of times um, and it wasn't actually as many as you thought um, because it's been a confidence thing for me. Like I've not thought like my music's good or whatever um, and like I've just been like reluctant to send demos out to these like big labels. Yeah. But I was a bit like not wanting to bother with smaller labels. Um, I just really wanted to like dream big and like achieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think bigger treat like. Yeah, that's it. And um so I think because obviously I'd been down to two room a couple of times and had the contact, um, had the contact with them, um, you know, like they had like um, a section in in the day where like the day and art all all the tunes that any of the girls had brought along, um, and they really liked one that I took down. Um, it was a remix of um, Mark Knight's drug music, right. um, that I did with one of my friends, um, Phonics, um, and they loved it. Um, but it wasn't just like one immune, so like I was a bit like, oh, I should have, I should have demoed them one of mine. But it was the stronger one, one. that yeah, I wanted yeah, yeah, to yeah. kind of like make an impression with with that mm-hmm. remix that I did with Paul. Um, but yeah, because I'd been in contact with them. Um, obviously, I made a track called The Horns, um, and they loved it. And obviously, come come back and forth a couple of times. Um, you know, some changes needed. Yeah. Um, not much, but just to get that extra kind of. It's quite common that you'll find when you send off demos, you, it goes back and forth a bit to get that extra, yeah. like 10%, 20%. It, sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes it's just to cater to their sound yeah. as well. Like yeah. maybe maybe they've got like a signature sound, but you're, oh, you're sending it yeah. in and it's like you've got, you've got to like not copy that, but you've got to be close to it because it needs to be suitable for that label sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, understand that. Yeah. So what? So that was the first track that you got signed? Yeah, um, so obviously I'd had, I'd had releases on um, labels before, so if you take it back a little bit, mm. um, when, I, when I, had, um, I had an alias and I've literally got one tune out on this alias, I called it MVJ. So mm. my middle name's Jane, so it was like Miss Victoria Jane, just called it MVJ. Mm. Just said random. Um, but that actually came out on um, Sonny Wharton's label. Oh, right. Um, okay. On Wartone. Yeah. Um, you know, when on um, went on like the Abifa sampler, the Miami sampler. Yeah. Um, and it was, it, to be honest, it was a cracking little tune. Um, and like, um, Sonny has actually helped me out. Um, just, you know, like saying with like little bits or whatever it needed. Um, and then he signed it. Um, and then from that, I didn't, I didn't really do anything else. And then the platform for Two Room came around, so I obviously went down there. Um, that was two thousand eighteen, I think, the first time I went down to Two Room yeah. headquarters in in Maidstone in Kent. Mm. Um, and um, I think it was then two thousand and 
19, I was a bit more like trying to do better music. Yeah. I was I was kind of perfecting my sounds and learning more with production before I actually felt confident enough. Like there was a there was a couple of other events that I'd went down to before yeah. I'd actually sent them it. Um and yeah, so then the back end of 2019, I think it was to be fair, I think it was going on for like a few months. I think it was like maybe like June 19. I'd started the horns and then sent it over. Yeah. And then it was like the changes and stuff. And then I think it, it officially got signed in like December it's 19. A long trek, that. That's a long yeah. Trek. And then it came out in March 2020. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately literally the worst time the, wor the worst time yeah. um, <laughs> I can guarantee now, if you've released music in March 2020 it's been forgotten about yeah. so I'm sorry <laughs> yeah. right down yeah, yeah. Um, I think time. a lot of DJs and producers can relate like with yeah. um, with tracks that came out around then right. it's such a shame because like I think this is when I first heard you as well to be fair I think but, like, like like it was it was just just such a proper like techie like party house bang and tune mm. um and i think it would have done really well like in the clubs and things um but obviously unfortunately we went into lockdown yep. um it had you know some support from like mark knight um roger sanchez um who yep. um even chocolate um chocolate puma yeah um and i loved them back in the day and i was like oh my <laughs> god um it had some like great support um but obviously this was just on like you know on on mixes and podcasts and yeah. it wasn't um, getting all the, online. It was yeah, just all yeah. online. It wasn't in a club, so I never actually got like mm. you know content for it being in a club, which was a shame. Yeah. Um, but and because there was that much stuff in lockdown that was produced, that them tunes just get left by the wayside. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but yeah, timing can't be always the top the top thing. You no, know I mean? and then and then um, I had um, another release. Um, called Don't Be Scared <laughs> and when I sent it over to them I was thinking oh yeah this is definitely gonna get on because it was just like so that was it was like that proper like Mark Knight's tool room sound yeah and they were like yeah 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 we're gonna sign it and then like they come back and we're like it's too tool room and I was like oh no if they were like it's too Mark Knight sounds and I was like <laughs> yeah you want, it's you too want, real <laughs> yeah you want it to be you want it to be You've got it's like a fine line, isn't it? It's like yeah, because you you, sometimes you can listen to a tune and you someone's literally like copied all the samples and it's like you've that's that's their kick drum, that's their hat. Yeah, their wait, wait a second, you're using their bass line. This is their tune, but yeah. like you've obviously produced it. Yeah, and then but there's like a fine line where they want them elements in there. But the, yeah, because like I mean, the horns was very the horns was very different. Like it did have its own identity and everything. Mm. Um, I do get where they were coming from now. That don't be scared was like very Mark Knight. Um, but then it worked out. You know, um, it ended up getting released on another boss label in um, in America. Um, Detail, right. um, and it got like it racked up like quite a few like decent plays. I think it got like like pushing like ninety thousand plays on like That's Spotify good. and stuff. Um, had some more support from Roger Sanchez again, Mark Knight again, um, a few other DJs. Um, you know it did really well. So both them tracks did great. Mm. Um, just obviously it's just a shame like when they came out like it was both in lockdown. Yeah. Um, and then over lockdown, um, I was just influenced by like different artists and stuff then. Mm. Um, and my sound completely changed. So I started doing like melodic and progressive stuff. Yeah. 
Um, and then obviously now, like you know, fast for that that that's took a while. That's took a good while to get tunes out um, under the the melodic side because in terms of contacts, like obviously I had the contacts there for tool room because I'd been going down mm. to the HQ. Um, but because I changed my sound, like my sounds no longer fitted for two yeah. rooms, so it was like, oh, um, and I didn't know where to approach. But I had like the ideas of like Anjuna, like right. I really wanted to get a, like a release on Anjuna beats. Um, they do and, good, really good melodic stuff as well. Yeah, like. got got so so close. Um, worked really closely with the A and R, and um, it was about three months going back and forth this track, and then it went up to above and beyond, and um, they turned it down, and I was just gutted, like I was heartbroken because I was like, yes, I'm gonna be on Anjuna, and mm. then it just it just fell flat. Yeah, but I was like, okay, so I can't have it all because you know I'll how straightforward it seemed for two room yeah um you know that happened quite quickly yeah um almost felt like you fell into it rather yeah than so to, like, it was kind of like oh well I, i've done it with two room so i can go and do it with anjuna beats mm. and it's not the case mm. but it's not that the track wasn't great it was just i not think it was them, just it, it just yeah. weren't for them you know um, the a and subjective it. isn't it that's that's what it yeah. is it's like you can't it's not an objectively bad track because there isn't many of them out there it's like no. when you, you hear this is getting a bit deep but when you hear people <laughs> say that like when you talk to some air and they're like oh yeah just uh, put some more compression on this oh, it's like yeah. no if it needed that it would have done it in, in my opinion yeah i mean if you messaged me back saying listen it's totally distorted this mix it'd be like yeah that's objectively bad yeah but just yeah. it isn't it's subjective and if, if they want that style then you've got to sometimes adjust to, to fit haven't you so yeah i was i was like i was like so so like big on the thought that like oh well i've had to release on two room now and you know mm. they'll they'll see that and be like oh she's released on two room and like you know like we can kind of give a chance to it here because there's something like you know like noteworthy yeah. um but it just weren't the case but like the a and r like really really loved it but again you know when that time comes back around and i, I think it's i think it was more of a case of just building my profile up a bit um and just working a bit more on some more music to send over so i haven't sent them any music since but um i feel like i'm edging back towards that now like i've got like some different contacts again um and it's just getting in with them and working closely with them to get like the sound right and um, get the production right yeah so see this track that you did that they got past the air but didn't get signed what have you done with that then is it did you um so i ended up releasing that on a name a label um called Marlboro records in manchester right um so what caught me with them is um, where they were based in Manchester. Um, the studios were just like amazing, and mm. like they just seemed to be like really like loads of like good stuff going on. Um, got in with like a couple of the lads um, in Manchester versus um, yeah. Scott and Dave, um, and then my friend who I mentioned before, Phonix Paul. Yeah. Um, he got is that, a is job that Paul there. Holden? Paul Holden, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've known Paul for years because yeah. we both used to have a show on KCC Live years ago, so right. that's how we met. 
Um, so we've known each other a long time and been great friends ever since. Um, so when you said it before, you said Forex, I was like, that name rings a bell. And then and I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah, so yeah. like he he masters like my music for me. Oh, uh, yeah. He's a really good producer as well. He's he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. like he he knows his he knows his shit. Like yeah. he knows what he's doing. Um, he sent me a tune before actually. I need to I need to have a little listen to it. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, like um, so he he was working there, and then it was just a case of like. You know, it 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 was um, it it had good things about it. You know, and like it had they had like a really big following on Instagram and stuff. Mm. And you know, it was basically kind of like <laughs> all like the work was like done for me in a sense of like you know I could just send my tunes over and they get mastered. So like it wasn't causing me anything mm. to get them mastered. The artwork was amazing. Like this really like. Um, really stand like niche yeah. standout yeah, like yeah, yeah. unique um kind of artwork I loved all that as well um so I ended up releasing four tracks with them um I had um rise above it all um new beginnings something I said and emotie um it was just a case of me wanting to get the track out um, and nothing to do with like, oh, it's just like this label I'm going to release on it. It was just, it just seemed to fit well because oh, I yeah, knew yeah. I'd, I'd got to know them. I knew Paul was working there and I thought, right, I know I'll be, I know I'll be looked after here and, and like the track will be pushed and I'll be supported. Yeah. Um, so it was just the right label for me at the time um, and just something in between, not like going for like the big kind of things but like an up-and-coming label that's kind of pushing through with the dance music yeah i think a lot of people with a lot of people is if they don't get the top one then they just completely fuck it off yeah. um if you if you're driven right um you've got to remember these top labels they're aware who the the mid sort of level labels are if, yeah. they, if you if you if you sent like um something to say to a room for instance um and you'd released on some other labels that's their style, that's similar to their style, then looked you up and like, oh, well, they've got a bit of notoriety about themselves and this, yeah. this is what it is. And it's like some people, if they don't get to the top straight away, it's like, I've, I've said this on hundreds of podcasts as well, there's there's the six-monthers, so it's like, like literally, <laughs> that's what you call them, but like, people like, oh, I'm going to give this DJ anything a, a crack, it doesn't seem that hard. And when yeah. they realise they don't get anywhere after six months, then mm. they're gone. That's it. That's yeah. there's hundreds of them, millions. To be fair, I think there was like one point, like throughout this ten years, I think I had like a whole year. I barely had any gigs, mm. barely did any music. Don't know what was happening. I was thinking, oh my god, this is the end of my career. Like I just don't know how I'm gonna get back into it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't even remember why, to be honest, or like why I didn't have like many gigs. I just. I just completely fell off the bandwagon. Um, but in all honesty, I think it was probably for the best that I had just that little break and then come back, like, stronger. Um, because, like, you know, the things that I, like, I, you know, I'm getting up to now, like, you know, like, with my music and stuff, like, yeah, I released on Tool Room and then, like, I couldn't get, like, on, like, a big label again. But it kind of, like, it kind of, like, brought me back to basics because I was like, okay, let's start again here. And then I started, like, getting my name out there a bit more and, yeah. like, you know... Um, it's organic as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. So, like, I was like, right, okay, I can't just go from, like, big thing to big thing to big thing. Mm. Um, so it kind of... It, it, it put me back a bit, but I was like, right, okay, I'm going to release... I'm going to release these on Marlebone and it's it's getting music out, it's being consistent. Um, and then around all that, I was obviously still doing stuff with Vicky Scott, but didn't have many gigs with, like, Taraya. 
Um, but I was getting like started getting like some like great support on Radio One. So Jaguar's got like um, BBC introducing on Radio One. Yeah. Um, but I've always been like really heavily supported by um, BBC Merseyside with their That's local nice. introducing team, um, yeah. Jay Burns and Dave Monks. Yeah. Um, so I've had like loads of support on like me to music on there. Um, so I feel like it's kind of just been a case I know I've mentioned this before but it, it has literally been a case of just like I think it's been more of a not the music wasn't good enough but who is Taraya mm. like so it's like kind of building up yeah, yeah building up my profile and just like you know showing who Taraya is and showing a bit more of my personality so I, I didn't post any pictures of myself or anything at first it's right it was just like logos and like videos and, and things and music and that but then I started to like show my face and then now I've been like oh just kind of just kind of like play it cool mm. um and like don't bring too much of Vicky Scott into it oh now it's fully fully fledged like my personality is there <laughs> not not so much as it would be on Vicky Scott but yeah. like a bit more of like my personalities like creeping through um you know like um i've started like because i've got two different profiles i've started like tagging both profiles together to get all me vicky's got followers yeah, yeah. into the terrain stuff so everyone knows now um but yeah it's just kind of building that brand up and i feel like it's slowly but surely like Getting going there. the right way like obviously with the support um, you know, on on BBC Merseyside, like on the introducing there, um, the support from um, Charlie Hedges. Um, I've just recently ended up now with a manager as well, um, mm. Francis. Um, she manages Ben Malone, who's on Kiss FM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, everything's just like tied in really well. Um, yeah. I've been really closely linked with Sonny Wharton still. Um, he's watched my journey. Mm. Um, and he put me forward then to my manager because she was looking for a first female artist right. to sign. Um, and yeah, so like we'd had like a conversation and she took me on in January this year. That's good. Um, and then obviously um sonny's got like you know links in like he's been in the industry for a long time and he's another one he like he really knows his shit yeah. and um you know he, he he loves what i do and loves me as a dj loves me as a producer um and like you know we've had some like really like sort of chats like you know keeping in touch we used to have like phone calls and be in touch and i'd let him know what i'm up to and he's kind of just like steer me in like a little bit of a yeah. direction and just say that you know you should be doing this or you know you can be doing that <coughs> um and then um obviously um the stress is a label i've always wanted to release yeah. on and um i love the music on there like one of my favorite producers on there was will easton um and i really loved like that kind of like progressive sound and like the role and bass and things just like it was a bit like tech it was it was a bit like, it was like progressive but like techno kind yeah, of yeah, in yeah, a way yeah. but not like heavy techno it, it, i just loved it and um, i always thought oh, i want to release on stress um and obviously like hannah lang had been on there hannah wants danny howard's yeah and it's just like this this label's just great and like the music on there was just like so very good. fitting for what you want to do as well isn't it so. yeah it was again like stress is like a label i think it's it's very niche and it was just i feel like it was like a it's a label that like i really fit into um and i actually sent them a demo i sent them um, a track that just came out i sent them motions <laughs> and speaking of the question you'd asked me before how long did it take well with stress it actually took i think about maybe three years 
wow. four years because I initially sent them motions. I'm pretty right. certain I sent them motions a few years like, ago. Oh, like four, three, four years ago. Yeah, I didn't get a response. And now, because I've built my profile up, um, and you know, I've I've come back round <coughs> again, and I've sent them <coughs> motions, and and they loved it. It fitted. It was like it was like this was motions time. Yeah. Um, for stress, That's and then good. ended up signing. Um, I, I had a really good meeting. Um, with with Luke, um, the label owner, um, and with Francis as well, my manager, mm. um, and it was gr- it was just great. Like we just like we just got on really well. Like um, you know, proper gels and things. Um got a really good relationship with them already and ended up, you know, signing um, a four-track record That's good. deal with them. So I've just had my first release on stress there with motions. Um, and then I've got obviously got three left to do. So, Excellent. yeah, that's, I think it's, really it's definitely going to be the build-up. Um, they've, <coughs> the, they've got the platform there for, to, like, push me as an artist and they do really, like, believe in me and believe in my music and... They, I know how much they want to push me and support me as an yeah. artist. So it's that, good to know that you've got great. comfort there as well. Yeah, of like, definitely. Of like they are genuinely interested in what I'm up to and what I'm doing. Yeah. They're not just doing it to maybe just get turned down straight away. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. <coughs> yeah. But yeah, so that being said, we're sort of like up to date with where you are. I know you've done some other notable um, gigs and that you've got Reminisce coming up again as Vicky Scott. Yeah. Um, have you got gigs coming up as Taraya? Yeah, so uh, tonight I'm actually um, making my debut with Joshua Brooks, um, a venue that I've wanted to play at for a good while as well. Um, so um, moving forward with more releases, um, I've actually signed a track, it's, which is more <coughs> more house. Um, yeah. I've signed that track to um, Ariel Free's label, Free Your Mind. Um, and That's she's good. got a Free Your Mind night on tonight in Joshua Brooks <coughs> in Manchester. Um, and I'm playing for that for, for them tonight and um, making my debut there um, so that's the first um, and then I will be back on Creamfields as well as Taraya um, yep. I'm just not sure on like full <clears throat> details yet um, well I am sure but I can't, yeah, I can't yeah, yeah, announce yeah. them yet she's um, going to tell me off podcast <laughs> you know it's already <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. excellent yeah um, and then obviously like you know I'd had the debut for Circus back in October mm-hmm. um, I played for Creamfields <coughs> um, back in August as well um, that was like my biggest one yet um, I was in the Fatboy Slim Arena um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So on, the, on the Sunday and that was just like Insane. That was just yeah, an amazing yeah. like. I think I've seen a video of that actually online. Yeah, yeah it really. was it was really good. Like there was no one in the tent, and then literally like mid set, like everyone just started like flooding in. I was like, wow, this <laughs> is just mad. Um, but yeah, um, like there's there's other things as well. Like I've I've spoke to um, I've spoke to a DJ that's like really really like big on the scene at the moment. Um yeah. and. She, <laughs> um, that's all I'm giving away. Um, mm. She is like keen to get me on one of her shows. Um, so you know, I know that's... who it is. <laughs> <laughs> He's rubbing it in now, yeah. but um, you know that that's potentially in the pipeline as well. But like, I'm I'm just big on like not really like announcing stuff yet because it's kind of like I've done it in the past where I've got dead excited yeah. about things and I've announced feel, it. Yeah. 
and then it's it's, it's fell through, through and yeah. it's like oh. it the fuck it you, doesn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just what it is. It's it's a shame because you are, you are excited about this huge achievement, but yeah. until they get the ball roller on their side, there's not much really you can do. Which yeah. it, it is a shame. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a story so far! Like I think yeah. this is only just the start of it as well. I'll get you back on next year, and it'll be like, oh yeah, I did this, this, and this. <laughs> yeah, Creamfields was good. Yeah, Reminis was good. Yeah. <laughs> Vegas More next. Happened since you know then, I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's been great. I uh, just want to sign off uh, today with asking you a couple of questions, if that's all right. Yeah, that's fine. Um, what I do is I just. Uh, Ask people these questions just so people can build sort of a profile around you and who you are as a person. Yeah. So this one is Throwback Attack, and it's um, if you've got to tell me the first song that comes into your head when I see it. Is that is that all right? Yeah. Okay. Just don't overthink it because you overthink it, it ruins the game. <laughs> right, okay. On the spot now. Yeah. So it is on the spot. Uh, this is Throwback Attack with Vicky Scott slash Taraya. Um, how we're gonna do this? Uh, and it is what song do you think of when you think back to primary school? Oh, um, <coughs> singing in the valleys, shouting from the mountain top. Whoa! I don't know that song, <laughs> and if that's right, you probably sang it bad. Good job you don't vote. You think you think it would be a better song, but to yeah. be honest, I just thought it'd be in, in school. So it was like one of these little hymns. And my oh, teacher, that's why I don't know. It, yeah, and yeah. my teacher, Mister Saunders, used to like <coughs> like stand at like the front of of the hall like, with his guitar and everything. Oh, I've had that. And yeah. would all be sat like that with the knees, and the legs crossed, um, and be like singing in the valley. Yeah. So that just that just sticks out. Yeah, sticks out right, to me for primary like, school. Yeah. Uh, what song do you think of when you think back to secondary school? Um, <laughs> um, DJ Cami. Um, so anything like that that was like um, with like a really sh- a pitched vocal yeah? yeah like dancing in the dark that's or terrible. yeah I know it's awful um, or like DJ, Sa- DJ Sammy these, these DJ Sammy as well D- yeah, yeah Cammy or Sammy yeah. DJ Sammy it's not a bad show yeah Heaven or yeah <clears throat> yeah um, what song do you think of when you when you think of your first set of decks so that what did you say it was Ion before yeah, yeah. my so first set of decks when you got that what was the what was the um, it's stuff. definitely gonna be um, Swedish House Mafia. Leave the world behind. Excellent tune. Yeah. Excellent tune. I love the vocal on that one. Yeah, me too. What song do you think of when you think to your first days of going out? Um, first days of going out. Um, first song. That's a tough one. That to be fair. Um, oh, it's definitely like he. I'd, I'd probably say um, one that stands out to me has probably been um, Shakedown at Night, Kid Cream remix. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's not a bad shout. No. And last one is, what song do you think of when you think back to your golden era? So, like, what is the, the, the pinnacle of the of music for you? Like, what year? Um, definitely 2000 and. 2013 to 2015 um it's gonna yeah. be like all like swedish house mafia stuff um, right. and it, what, what song is the is the pinnacle of that then um it would be leave the world behind again again yeah, that's, um, not a yeah, that's what it's about isn't it there was um another <clears throat> one um by actually avici to be honest mm. um any avici um but there used to be one by Avicii called um, Addicted to You. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, sure, yeah but he did like a remix, like an Avicii by Avicii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and um, Love You See 
as well. Oh, the costume. Yeah, like romance, costume. yeah. Um, and to sign off today, we go. We do a something like totally different to what we've been doing, and it's um, you're about to get the electric chair because uh, there's I've a million no reason. reasons I yeah. could have the electric chair. <laughs> I don't know what it could be. Uh, I won't insult you, but um, you're going to get the electric chair because you haven't been a great human um, for whatever right. reason. And you get your last meal, so you get a starter, main dessert, and a beverage. What are you going to have? A start, so starter, main dessert, and, be- and beverage. Yeah. Okay. So for the beverage, I'd probably have... Is that where you start? You start you I'm starting with a bevy. Considering I'm not a big drinker, I'm starting with a bevy. I'd have a Moretti. Right. Oh, um, nice. And for me, meal... For, for, for me to say I'm going backwards here no, no. I'm starting with the good stuff this is ridiculous the dessert, <laughs> the dessert it'd be it'd either be like um, like waffles um, or like cookie dough right yeah yeah I feel that. you know like a kind of like shakes and cakes type or something I like, that. like that I love that um, yeah definitely a hot dessert um, <clears throat> meal I'd probably go for Salt and pepper chicken, all day. The most Liverpool answer ever. Yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And starter. <laughs> this is fucked. Crispy seaweeds. <laughs> is that it? Oh Jesus! Crispy seaweed, salt and pepper Crispy chicken. Crispy seaweed is bosh, you know. Yeah, Don't knock it, it no, if it you is. haven't tried it. It is, bro. I wouldn't have it as a starter. Yeah, me, I'd have that on the side it, of a platform. Man. It's just the first thing that's coming to me. Ed. I, do, I do yeah. love crispy seaweeds. Or if if we're gonna go for salt and proper, then it would be um, salt and pepper shoot mice. Yeah, right. That's no a better starter, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, no one knows what that is outside of Liverpool. Obviously, my missus is from Hong Kong, right? So. So like whenever you mention to I know what it is, but like yeah. you can't go into like a takeaway outside of Liverpool and ask for that because they don't have a clue where it <laughs> like, is. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not on our menu. Put some salt and pepper on it. No, not that salt and pepper. <laughs> the proper but, salt and pepper. But yeah, I just want to say thank you for coming on today. I appreciate your time and it's been fantastic. Um, where can people find you? So ah, your socials. So. I'm probably I'm gonna push Taraya so you can find me at Taraya Music. That's on Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, Twitter. Nice and easy, that isn't it? Yeah. Uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast today, then you can follow us at It's Time to Refresh on Instagram. Um, if you don't already and if you really like it and you want to get the bonus episodes and you want to get early access to these episodes then you can sign up a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash it's time to refresh just want to say thank you for watching uh, thank you for your time it's been great thank you for having me no it's problem uh, I'll see you again soon <laughs>